This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Monday, February 1st. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you doing this morning? Hey, good morning, Chris. It is, uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. It's Monday, February 1st, and uh, yeah, it's a new day for a new week. Here we go. Yeah, you know, January just sort of disappeared. You know, we're right into a brand new month, and uh, hopefully February is a little bit better than uh, even January was, which was even better than the end of 2020. Yeah, 2021's not bad so far, so uh, that's that's a good thing, and uh we're on Super Week this week, uh, the week of the Super Bowl. We got that coming up this coming Sunday, and uh, should be a fun week if you're a football fan. Most so. definitely, exactly. Yeah. Well, folks, let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question for my co-host, Tony. You get the uh, Amber Alerts every once in a while that pop up mm-hmm. on your phone or, uh, um, you know, on the big uh, signs that, uh, you know, when you're driving down the freeway, uh, they come through there. What is the most disturbing Amber Alert you've ever seen come across? Uh, I don't know. I can't say I've ever seen one that was, I mean, they're all really disturbing if it's uh, missing kids, you know, and. It's usually just be on the lookout for this car, license plate, yada, yada. And uh, so I don't know if I have a disturbing one. Okay, that's good. Don't have much to contribute to that. (laughs) Okay. Well, in this case, um, Chucky abducted his son and is on the run while wielding a huge kitchen knife is what some Texans were led to believe after a faulty Amber Alert was released. And Tony, Uh by Chucky, I do mean that Chucky. The Texas Department of Safety (laughs) accidentally sent out the alert Friday morning featuring the Child's Play Horror Series character and his seed of Chucky's son, Glenn Ray. The Amber Alert blared this out. The abducted abducted child, Glenn, all two foot three of him, was last seen Thursday morning in Henderson, and the 28-year-old suspect, Chucky, was wearing blue denim overalls and carrying a knife. Clearly, it was just a horrific mistake. The Texas DPS tells TMZ, this alert is a result of a test malfunction. We apologize for the confusion this may have caused and are diligently working to ensure this does not happen again. That might be easier said than done because, like Chucky says, I always come back. (laughs) (laughs) 
sorry, Jack. Chucky's back. I mean, could you imagine getting an Amber Alert and Chucky pops up as the uh, prime suspect on there? That'd no, be terrifying. That, this is another... I mean, this one's pretty humorous in the sense... Do you remember, I think it was last year or was it the year before, where they accidentally sent... Um, uh, what was that? There was a very... There was like a... Oh, there was a one alert that like alerted the end of days or something like that. It was, right? Yeah, it was uh, domestic terrorist alert and yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, it was something strange where we got it and you're like, what the hell? And it was just it was a mistake. Yeah, it was supposed to be just an emergency test, and it yeah, came the out as Freddy the one, or the Chucky one. Excuse me, uh, that one is pretty damn funny though. Right. <laughs> Could you imagine, though, I mean, thinking that there are movies your entire life and then all of a sudden it pops up in an Amber Alert? And... <laughs> Amber Alert. There's a guy in a red and green sweater with razor blades, fingernail razor blades, <laughs> and a fedora. Face is a little burnt. Be on the lookout. <laughs> well, to be fair, I did uh, live near a home insurance salesman named Freddy Krueger. Always wondered if he uh, covered house fires. <laughs> it's true it's oh, true i got the picture i'll stuff, post it man. <laughs> well in any case folks you know we we love to have a little fun on a monday morning we've got a wonderful show lined up for you let's talk about today's show shall we briefly i hate mondays hate them therefore i decree from this day forward there will be no more mondays no more mondays i'm good with that well, since we are on a Monday, we do have Silly Rabbit. This bit is for kids. We have a segment called The Wonderful World of Disney. Our call-in topic today is the greatest cereal prizes ever. You know, when you were a kid, toys came in the cereal, and sometimes they were great. Sometimes they were cheesy. We want to know what your favorite was. We have another edition of Phoenix Tank, Kickstarter Gadgets. We close out the day with This Day in History, and Tony is up next with the entertainment news. Folks, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Monday, February 1st. Now, we have a little thing called the Phoenix Line. It is our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you found Jason Voorhees on an Amber Alert. We want to know about it. Go ahead and give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, it is the second segment of this show. That means Tony is here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, February 1st. Here's your Filippo Fast Five. <laughs> Carol Baskin, whose Tiger will predict the winner, slams irresponsible fans for attending the Super Bowl. Carol Baskin. Boo. Well, that deserves a... Wow. MGM is making a movie about the Wall Street. Street GameStop Saga based on a book by the author behind the social network. 
Again, that was fast. Wow. Edge wins the 2021 WWE Men's Royal Rumble from the number one spot last night. Wow. Heels on stars, Stephen Amell. Welcome WWE alum CM Punk to the wrestling drama. So that's a real... Wow. Uh, the M... Sorry, it's a Owen Wilson button. It just <laughs> wow. seems to fit for everything on here today. Oh, the NFC won the Pro Bowl yesterday, 32-12. to Kyler Murray was your MVP. And did I mention that not only was it a... Wow. But it was played on Madden. That's how they did the Pro Bowl yesterday. It was I Madden. I figured wow. that would be the case. <laughs> yeah, that was what lame. Pro Fast 5. It's so lame. All right. <clears throat> so... Uh, entertainment news we are going to start out with the box office as we actually had a release this week um denzel washington um mally let's try this again rami malik and uh jared leto uh had a number one movie this weekend called the little things it opened in first place with 4.8 million dollars while that doesn't seem like a lot um it was also available on hbo max so you had your choice of Going to the theater or staying at home, watch it. It's a 1997 crime drama, uh, which is drawing comparisons to the movie Seven. Um, it's got an A-list cast, and right now it's got an average of 48% on Rotten Tomatoes and a score of 54 on Metacritic. That's um, it? Wow. Yeah, so it looked like a good movie. I haven't watched it yet. I am interested in watching it. Um not sure if it's playing in my local theater i don't even know if our theaters are open here or not i haven't <laughs> looked in a while but uh your top 10 this week for or this last weekend was uh the little things with 4.8 uh the crudes a new age uh, brought in 1.84 bringing its total to 43.9 wonder woman 84 it brought in 1.3 and is at 39.2 million the marksman uh 1.25 brought in 7.8 Monster Hunter, 0.74, brought in 11 mil. News of the World, 10.3 mil. Promising Young Woman's up to 4.36. Fatal, 5.59. The War with Grandpa, 19.6, number wow. 9. And Our Friend at 0.446. Wow. That's uh, it's pretty disappointing, actually, uh, when you think about it. It's uh well, you know the box the, office is uh it's still kicking but yeah. Thanks. It's 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 limping along at this point. Obviously, The Little Things isn't much of a blockbuster movie enough to drive people in. It's more of the, you know, award season heavy drama. Like you said, it's sort of compared to 7. Uh looks fantastic, but I don't think it's a big enough draw to the box office. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested in seeing it. Uh, the first time I actually saw that trailer was uh, during uh, Pop Culture Kaboom. Oh no, kidding! Believe it or not, was one of the ones, one of the crazy little uh, trailers we had to watch, and I was like, "Oh, that looks good." Uh, this week, there's another movie. I don't know if it'll come to theaters, but it stars the the guy of my annoying soundbite. Wow! Uh, Owen Wilson and Salma Hayek. It's uh, called Bliss. Oh, it's actually um, an Amazon Prime only movie. Is that one is? Yeah. Okay. That's supposed to be out this week, so I don't have to go to the theaters to see it. I would. Nope. It actually looked good. So yeah. I agree. like is he is he in the real world? Is he is he in the fake world? Has a, the premise of the movie is like uh the move like his is his life a simulation? Is it 
It looks really good, though. It has sort of a Christopher Nolan vibe to it. <clears throat> Definitely. It'll be interesting to see Owen Wilson do a, do a serious role, too. Right. So, um, I Maybe it's been his first year since Bottle Rocket, right? That was the movie that launched him? It was, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, moving on to movies to TV. The Wonder Years reboot from Lee Daniels is moving forward to ABC because they're out of ideas. Oh, my God. Uh, Who the hell yeah. cares? The Disney-backed broadcast network has handed out uh, formal pilot orders to three comedies, including the reboot of The Wonder Years, featuring a black family from the Empire co-creator. The original series starred me, or my doppelganger (laughs) Fred Savage, and revolved around a white middle-class family in the 1960s suburbs. ABC's new take focuses on how black middle-class family in Montgomery, Alabama, in the turbulent late 60s, made sure it was The Wonder Years for them, too. Comedy veteran Saladin K. Patterson will pen the script. He also had, he penned The Big Bang Theory, Frasier, and The Bernie Mac Show. Alongside Daniels and his Lee Daniels Entertainment banner, um, original series co-creator Neil Marlins is attached as a consultant. Savage, who broke out The Wonder Years, has maintained a long career in Hollywood, will also executive produce and direct the pilot. The potential series is produced via Disney-owned 20th Century Fox Television, where Daniels and Savage are both under overall deals. Ooh, yeah, I just see Savage. I want to bust out the Randy. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. You, I, I'll wait to see. The original Wonder Years was fantastic, yeah. I mean, for its time. So, it could be, re- it could be done well. Well, I don't think we need a reboot of it, but since they are doing the reboot, at least they've got some of the original people involved in it, and they're doing it the right way, but I still don't think we need it. I don't think we need it, but you know what we do need? Another Wayne's World. Yes. Okay. Um, So they are coming back. Wayne's World. Party time. Excellent. Uh, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey have returned as the beloved duo, duo Wayne Campbell and Garth Algar for a Wayne's World, Wayne's World revival. Words are hard for me today. <laughs> Swing! The pair announced their return in an advertisement break during a recent episode of Saturday Night Live. Though sadly, it's not, it's not for an often-mooted Wayne's World 3, but instead finds the characters return for an Uber Eats campaign, which will air during next Sunday's Super Bowl. So, though fans might be disappointed, it isn't a sequel to the SNL spinoff. It's still great to see the comedy duo back together after all these years, with both Mike Myers and Dana Carvey slipping back into their respective roles with ease. Released all the way back in 1992, the first Wayne's World was directed by Penelope Spears, produced by Lauren Michaels, and written by Mike Myers alongside Bonnie and Terry Turner, following the adventures of rock love and slacker duo Wayne and Garth. So... Um, I did watch the. I've seen the commercial already, and or at least the teaser for it. And okay. It's uh, it's pretty. It's pretty neat. They're like, uh, like Wayne's like, hey Garth, twenty twenty was pretty awesome, right? And they start chuckling. They're like, not. <laughs> so it, it is cool. They definitely look like Garth looks the same. Obviously, Wayne definitely looks a lot older. Right. And you can definitely tell. You know, he's packed on hair. a few pants. Like, it's so black, like jet black long hair. It just doesn't really match the face anymore. But Garth's Dana Car- Dana Carvey's character Garth is definitely spot on, though. Yeah, I'm looking forward to so, it. I want to check. Yeah, it out. so this should be fun. That's one great thing about Super Bowl week is you you know the the big game. You get the commercials and uh, 
Uh, you always look forward to the big movie trailers, too. You always yes. want those. I wonder if we're going to get much of that. Maybe. Or not. Maybe not. But uh, it'd be cool to see some new trailers. Yeah. Um, but what do you have coming out? Mm, not I expect we're probably going to see stuff from Warner Brothers. You know, they did that little teaser thing that showed uh, uh, Mortal Kombat. It showed Suicide Squad. Uh, you know, a little bit of The Matrix. Uh, actually, just the logo for The Matrix. But uh, hopefully we get some of those projects uh, since they've already got the teasers out. Yeah, that, that would be good. Something. I mean, I definitely think you'll see more Kong versus Godzilla stuff yes. since that's probably the biggest one coming in the near future. So, But it's good to know they're at least still making movies, so we know they're coming. Yep. Um, but we're going to transition. There was two block... We're going to go into sports now. There was two blockbuster trades over the weekend. One was really good. One was really bad. <laughs> um, I'm going to start with the really bad one because... It just absolutely infuriates me. But the Cardinals trade for Nolan Arenado, and it's an absolute heist. Um, This article, I could read it, but I'm just going to give you the bullet points. The Colorado Rockies are the absolute most garbage baseball franchise. They're the worst in pro sports. Terrible ownership, terrible GM, terrible owners. I hope... Friends of the show are friends of them, and they can tell them that they absolutely suck. They traded – I'm sorry, I'm a Rockies fan, and I'm just really going off script with this, but they took our star player that you build around to actually have a fighting chance to compete with the Dodgers, the Giants, the up-and-coming Padres. The, the NL West is tough. We've never won it. <laughs> um, what they traded him away is, like I always said, if they got rid of Nolan Arenado, I was done. And unless they traded Nolan Arenado to better the team. And what I mean by better the team is you get a King's Ransom, you get multiple draft picks, you have multiple star players now in place as a whole. So if you need pitching, you get a couple of pitchers, you get a couple of defensive players or an offense, you know, or offensive players to build around. Oh, no, no, no. The Colorado Rockies decide to trade Nolan Arenado away for two prospects. Yeah, not even real players. Prospects that are not even good. And on top of that, we're paying them $50 million to take our Hall of Fame player away from us. So kudos, St. Louis Cardinals. You pulled an absolute heist on us over the weekend. I've been pissed off about that all weekend. Like, legit, like, that got my blood boiling. I know it's just sports and... I don't know Nolan, and I'm not a part of the Rockies franchise, but that really upset me. That was frustrating. Tony, how do you really feel? I mean... I'm pissed off! (laughs) (laughs) Like, I went on a... Ugh. Makes me sick. So, you probably won't see me sporting a lot of Rockies stuff on this show anymore. Fair enough. Garbage. And lastly, before we go into the birthdays, on a a football trade, uh, Matthew Stafford was traded to the Los Angeles Rams... Mm -hmm. For Jared Goff, two first-round picks, and I think a third-round pick. So quite the heist for uh, uh, for Detroit. I mean, that's a hell of a pickup for them. Yeah. They get a young franchise quarterback, a couple of first-rounders, and, um, and it's huge. And then I wanted to bring up the stat I sent to my friend Stacy because she's a Rams fan. She's pretty, uh, she's pretty happy with the trade. Um, but when you look at it, um, 
In 2016, the Rams traded two first-round picks to get Jared Goff. In 2021, they traded they traded two first-round picks to get rid of Jared Goff, which is pretty <laughs> stuff. And then since 2016, that was the last time the Rams had a first-round pick and they took Jared Goff number one overall. They have not had a first-round pick. They have nothing in they had nothing in 17 through 20. And 2021 through 2023, they not have a single first-round pick. So quite the gamble. Hopefully it works out for Matthew Stafford down in Los Angeles. And that is the sports area of the entertainment news. Ready, down, the down to birthdays. <laughs> Ow! This guy, he was a Dunkirk, and he is now dating Olivia Wilde. And it was in one direction. Her Styles is 27. Ow. Okay. That's all I ever think of when I hear Harry Styles. I think of ow. Because H's are ow. Um, <laughs> former mixed martial artist who became the UFC women's uh, champion in 2012 and went on to successfully defend her title six times before you and I watched her lose in 2014 to... To Holly, uh, what was her name? Mm. She was from Denver. Don't I don't remember. know, but we watched her lose at the Hooters in Anaheim. Right. But this uh, this is Ronda Rousey's birthday. She's 34. I could go on about her achievements, but Ronda Rousey. Um, she once married. She was once married to Michael Jackson and had a thing with Nicolas Cage and is the daughter of Elvis Presley. Uh huh. Lisa Marie Presley is 53. Um, he first gained recognition on the hit ABC series Six Feet Under. Then he became a forensic lab guy who avenged the system and killed bad guys as Dexter. He's coming back as well. Michael C. Hall is 50. And lastly, pop star, actor, D in the box. He was in NSYNC. He brought sexy back. This guy can do no wrong. Justin Timberlake is a young 40 years old. That's your celebrity birthdays for... February 1st. Well, folks, that does it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it's time for Silly Rabbit. This bit is for kids. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Monday, February 1st. Now we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. And if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio of course with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash tony.sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four. Or on Instagram at tony.sanfilippo81. Now, being that it's Monday, and as we do on Mondays, we like to explore the funny things that kids do with a little segment we call Silly Rabbit. This bit is for kids. Hey, everyone. I'm back with another segment. Woo! Aren't you so excited? <laughs> We're going to cover uh, uh, today. Uh, so far, we as we've only gotten one month into 2021, we've already got 50 of the funniest parenting tweets 
in 2021. So it comes to a close. There's always uh, parenting challenges and interesting things that the kids do. So here are some, I'm not going to read you all 50, but here are some of the things that kids have done to their parents in this last month. <laughs> so at nonpodhoritz on Twitter, yesterday I overheard my two-year-old son saying, are you sure this is a good idea? And my five-year-old son replying, trust me. <laughs> I have never moved from one room to another so quickly in my life. <laughs> Famous last <laughs> words between brothers. and yeah. Yes. Are you sure this was a good idea? Trust me. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the number one. That's pretty dang good. Um, at Mary McCoy on Twitter, my kid thought that swearing in meant Joe Biden was going to stand at a podium on Wednesday and reel off all the curse words he knows. He's understandably a little disappointed now. You know, I got a little bit of that swearing in ceremony here on tape. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, from not the nanny on Twitter. Me, I thought you said you were taking these boxes to the garage. My husband. Yeah, at some point. Our seven-year-old from the other room. That means she wants you to do it now. (laughs) Smart kid. Yeah, he's just like, hey, don't don't piss mom off. Just right. let's get it done. I'll do it later. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, get to it. No, no, you might want to do it now. Um, Jessica Valanti on Twitter, whenever I get discouraged and want to quit something, I remember the words of my then three-year-old after she puked carrots all over the <laughs> living room floor. I'm going to need more carrots. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> That's pretty funny, though. Uh, Laura Laura Marie on Twitter, the eight-year-old disrupted my sleep again, so I texted my mom at 2 a.m. to ask when it stops. <laughs> the old still-bugging mom there. Oh, yeah. Uh, at Jenna Palooza on Twitter, I think we've officially regressed back to medieval peasants all we do is bake bread revolt and avoid plagues um what's that have to do with right (laughs) yeah that has nothing to do with kids ron burgundy Jeez. uh let's scroll here we go crockett on twitter i just made my daughter a grilled cheese and her response was this is perfect i bet you can't do it twice so yes she knows how to play the game I love that. Oh, I, I need another one. Hey, I bet you can't do that again. A little reverse psychology from the kid there. <laughs> Mom Jeans on Twitter. I couldn't decide if I wanted bangs or not, so I cut bangs for my daughter, and she looks awful. Dodged a bullet there. That's just mean. <laughs> yeah, but... We- I ain't gonna ask my kid. I'm gonna see if it looks good. Yep, it looks like crap. Love you, sweetie. Little kids can get away with it, though. Yeah. Oh, Eric Smith on Twitter. The toddler took off his pants and threw them outside, shouting, No! May we all live this boldly. <laughs> he is not having the pants. That's all. Hopefully the kid's potty trained, though. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Jesse on Twitter. There are There was 15 Oreo cookies left, so to give each of my four children the same, I was forced to eat 11 of them. <laughs> Oh, Jesse. Oh, I've been there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Dimple Sticks on Twitter. Every time I'm listening to my 80s playlist, six-year-old, is this guy dead? Uh, No. Is this guy dead? No. (laughs) How dead is this guy? 
me just sobbing quietly into my tea. <laughs> Fatality. Oh, yeah. Most of them could be. Who yeah. Knows? <clears throat> um, let's see. At Henpeck Tao, he pops up a lot on yeah, he does. Twitter. Son, was I adopted? Me. Not yet. <laughs> Keep acting that way and you just Keep acting be. that way, Henpeck Tao's kid, and you will be. That mom, though, on Twitter, after brushing out her tangles, my daughter exclaimed she was prettier than a hippo in a dress, and it is hereby my daily mantra. <laughs> prettier than a hippo in a dress. Hey, you know All that? because... The little one just said that. Yeah. That's a low bar to aim for, though. You know, so if, yeah. if you, anytime you're feeling prettier than a hippo in a dress, you're doing okay. <laughs> this is true. At Captain What's-Its-Name on Twitter, my kid asked me where babies come from, and I said everywhere, man. They're worldwide. <laughs> that was the response. <laughs> kid didn't have a comeback on this one. Was the dad uh, pit bull? <laughs> that's good. At mom, 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 mom on Twitter. Um, I just told my four-year-old to lick her elbow, and that bought me five. That bought myself five minutes of quietness. Yeah, anything you can do to keep them occupied for just a couple minutes, well worth it. <laughs> there you go. Hey, lick your elbow. I can't do it. <laughs> keep trying. You'll get it. Oh, let's see. So, uh, Yuan Green on Twitter just sneezed and stunned one shrieking baby and two wrestling cats into silence. Is this is this a recommended parenting technique? Asking for a friend. <laughs> it might be the reason I have a dad sneeze because uh, yeah, yeah, it'll stop it just traffic. Just close my eye. Everyone's yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> You're like, did he say it? At Rodney Lacroix, Lacroix. Um, on Twitter, child, hey mom, wife, oh my god, what now? Never mind, I'll ask Alexa. Hey, Alexa. Alexa, OMG, what now? In honor Marie Gabriel Monet, who is a French entrepreneur. Okay, there you guys go. I should have known better than to do that. You ask and you shall receive. I did, yeah. She told me something about Jean Omer. I don't know who that is. Okay. But, oh, as I look for some. Oh, okay, this is a good one vision board on twitter my son is sobbing right now because we told him nipple isn't a good name for a puppy <laughs> oh it's just, so sad that's good and uh, ann thurlow on twitter nine-year-old sometimes it's okay to swear like when mrs weasley uses the b word in the last harry potter book but it wasn't okay when aunt marge used it in the third book me do you want to do you have a catalog in your brain of all the times bitch was said in Harry Potter? Nine-year-old. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So just remembers that. So um, let's see. Let me go out on one more because that one was pretty good. Okay. This is the last one because I know we're out. So live, laugh, hard, unhinged on Twitter. I accidentally told my kid to eat. Oh, I can say this. I don't even have to bleep it out. I accidentally told my kid to eat shit. While I was kicking his ass at Mario Kart, so if you need more parenting tips, I got you, fam. <laughs> Do you imagine? You're like, that's right, eat shit! I threw a banana peel at you! You want a red turtle shell too? Koopa Troopa! Parenting for the win. Well, folks, that does it for Silly Rabbit. This bit is for kids. When we come back, we've got a segment called The Wonderful World of Disney. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. 
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Monday, February 1st. Now we're into the final segment of the first hour of the show, but don't fret. There's still plenty ahead with our second hour, including our interactive topic, the greatest serial prizes ever. Now, if you did miss a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now in this segment, uh, speaking of sharing... We are big Disney fans around here. We like to go to Disneyland whenever we can. We love Disney movies and uh, pretty much everything that is under the Disney banner, including Star Wars, Marvel, all of those sorts of things. But wanted to run down some little-known facts about Walt Disney, Disneyland, and some of the Disney properties that people may not know. So, uh, for instance... To say Walt Disney had a lot riding on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs would be an understatement. Not only had he borrowed money to complete the film, he also mortgaged his home to help finance it. Obviously, the film was an absolute hit, but before its release, most of the Hollywood press thought the film would be a box office bomb. In fact, Walt's wife, Lillian, thought it would bomb as well. Goes to show that uh, you know one little project, one little thing can catapult all the rest of it, you know, just look at uh, Iron Man from Marvel Studios. You know, if that had failed, there wouldn't be this glut of comic book movies that we have today that are really good. Yeah, that, that's a, it's always a good gamble. And Disney's got such a good name. It's it's awesome to hear that. Uh, I didn't know that he uh, financed it all to uh, get it going. I had no, no, he sacrificed a lot, but I, I didn't know he did that. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea either, but uh, yeah, apparently it did well enough yeah. that... Because uh, you look at the DC, you know, they tried to roll that, like, let's do a front, let's do like Marvel did, and it didn't go good. And not so that's much. That's why that thing is in shambles. <laughs> Definitely. Let's move on with the wonderful world of Disney. Here's another fun fact. Uh, Snow White, which we were just talking about, was the first film to release an accompanying soundtrack first film ever to have a soundtrack related directly to the movie released in record stores um brilliant idea on disney's part because you know not only would the film make money but the soundtrack would make money as well yeah let's move on a little mickey mouse knowledge this day in 1930 (laughs) or not this day yeah, I see a date and I automatically think of this day in history. In 1930, a Mickey Mouse writing tablet became the first Disney character merchandise. Walt Disney agreed to license the character to a company in New York for only $300 because <clears throat> excuse me, because he needed the money at the time. And there's a little picture of that uh, writing tablet. Uh, obviously, early Mickey Mouse, for the most part, black and gray with a little red mixed in. But uh, the very first merchandised uh, character, which is kind of cool. No, oh, that's very cool. Tony, do you know what the very first Disney song to win an Oscar for Best Original Song was? Uh, I don't, no. It was When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio. 
like I said, Pinocchio. the very first Disney song to win an Oscar. Obviously, they've won many, many since then. Um, you know, most uh, Disney movies to come out these days, not Pixar, but Disney, are musicals of some sort. And uh, I think maybe it was uh, Frozen that was the last one to win a uh, Oscar for Best Original Song. Hmm. All right, let's move Good on. Good knowledge, man. Good knowledge. Yeah. With the wonderful world of Disney, during World War II, 90% of what Walt Disney Studios produced was for the Allies' war effort. For instance, propaganda films, training films, and print campaigns. And so there's a picture of uh, 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 Donald Duck throwing a tomato into Hitler's eye. Um, Really interesting stuff, knowing that, uh, you know, what they were trying to take on during World War II. Cool. Here's an interesting thing. Cinderella was the first time Disney shot the entire film in live action first, and they used it for reference to animate the movie. So they animated over the cells of people uh, doing it in live action, which is essentially what people are doing in the uh, latest CGI movies. It's motion capture to make it uh, all that much more real, uh, which is probably why it looked as good as it did for its time. Oh, that's a fun fact. I didn't know that one either. Yeah. Speaking of Cinderella, Cinderella. Speaking of Cinderella, the narrator for Cinderella, whose voice you hear at the beginning of the movie, is voice actor Betty Lou Gerson, who is also the voice of Cruella Deville in 101 Dalmatians. Mm. Look at that. Speaking of uh, voice actors who uh, did the same role, not the same role, but uh, different uh, Disney movies, both Lady Tremaine and Maleficent are voiced by the same actor, Eleanor Audley. And uh, I would assume that uh, our good buddy Tim is familiar with all of these voice actors. She was also the voice of uh, Madame Leota in the Haunted Mansion ride. So when you're going around and it's that disembodied head in the orb, oh yeah, that's her as well. Wow. Yeah, little things. That's always cool, that, that orb head is always neat. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing how they were able to superimpose, you know, project the face onto, you know, sort of a blank head and make it look as good as it is. Oh, absolutely. All right, let's move on with the wonderful world of Disney, some lesser-known Disney facts. Like this, the Haunted Mansion has the distinction of being placed in a different land in every Disney park that has it. At Disneyland, the attraction is located in New Orleans Square. At the Magic Kingdom, it's in Liberty Square. At Tokyo Disneyland, it's located in Fantasyland. And at Disneyland Paris, it's located in Frontierland. Strange that it'd be in so many different possible locations. Right. Make it uh, make it more fun when you go visit all the different parks. Well, it's nice that uh, the ride is also a little bit different in each one. You don't, uh, you know, go one to the other and get exactly the same ride. Right. Let's move on with the wonderful world of Disney. Sleeping Beauty took a long time to make. It first went into production in 1951 and wasn't released into theaters until 1959, eight years later. Reportedly, one of the reasons why it was in production for so long was because Walt Disney was distracted as he was building Disneyland at the same time, which makes sense. But uh, ultimately, you know, Sleeping Beauty is quite the classic. You know, I don't. I watched it when I was a kid, but I don't really remember it. So <laughs> that's all right. Um, 
This one, the design of Anita in 101 Dalmatians was partly based on Julie Andrews, which you can definitely see in the uh, little gift that they put up. And I'm going to post this on our Facebook page so everybody can check it out as well. Um, of course, Julie Andrews, who later went on to play uh, Mary Poppins um, in that role. And uh, speaking of that, according to Jeffrey Sherman, son of Robert Sherman of the famous Sherman Brothers, he inspired the Mary Poppins song, A Spoonful of Sugar, after he told his dad that he had gotten his polio vaccine on a sugar cube. And I've recently had that song stuck in my head for whatever reason. <laughs> Have you really? Yeah. <laughs> It makes the medicine go down. Speaking of Mary Poppins, Dick Van Dyke's notorious Cockney accent was partially to blame on his Irish vocal coach, Pat O'Malley, who, according to him, didn't do an accent any better than I did. Um, you know, Dick Van Dyke, obviously an American actor doing a British accent, which came out Cockney with bits of Irish. Wasn't the greatest, but uh, people still love that accent. Take it down, Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, Wayne's World <laughs> Let's move on with the wonderful world of Disney Here's one Disney wanted to get the Beatles to cameo as the vultures in the Jungle Book But they turned them down Reportedly John Lennon was the one who did not like the idea And refused to be part of it John Favreau who directed the live action adaptation Tried to pay homage to that By trying to get Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr To appear as vultures in the 2016 film but said he was unable to get in contact with them, which uh, makes sense if you look at the uh, still shot from the vultures in the Jungle Book. Yeah, they've all got that sort of uh, British bowl cut and uh, would have been fun to have the Beatles voice. Yeah, what the Beatles. Hello. <laughs> Uh, moving on, wonderful world of Disney, the Enchanted Tiki Room, the Tiki 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 Room, which opened in 1963, was the first attraction at Disneyland to have air conditioning. They needed to install the, an air conditioning system in order to keep the computer system that ran it cool. So it wasn't even for the guests, it was for the computer system. Oh, I was going to say, that's uh, Mike told me about that because that's where we go when it gets too dang hot, when you get the sticky ickies down south. In Florida, you get that humidity, <laughs> you go to the Enchanted Tiki Room. Hey, that's a good way to do it. You know, it's uh, it can get hot down there, so, uh, you know, you definitely want to get cool where you can. And then finally, with the wonderful world of Disney, the version of Beauty and the Beast that Mrs. Potts sings in the film was the very first take that Angela Lansbury sang. Uh, apparently, she was so good, she didn't need to do a second one, so... Well, folks, that does it for the first hour. We've still got plenty ahead. Last hour, man. Oh, yeah. So uh, hit the body break, listen to the news, grab yourself a cup of tea, and we will see you all in about seven minutes. It up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Lip Biscuit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Goes the last DJ. 
Gentlemen, I wash my hands of this weirdness. It's a Monday, February 1st. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, that uh, first hour felt like a second hour. It just zoomed right by. It really did. It totally just... And that's usually hour two for us, but that one went good. Um, So enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, here we go. Hour number two. Which is normally the fast hour, so we will see. <laughs> well, hour two not only is the fast hour, but it also when we kick off the interactive portion of the show, which we are dead in the middle of right now, or at least kicking off. Now, uh, we do give you the topic 24 hours in advance, so you guys can chime in uh, on the Phoenix line, which is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O, or 855-336-4973. Or you can always chime in live boy i'm getting ahead of myself always chime in live on (laughs) facebook at facebook.com forward slash christian phoenix radio just click into the live video there uh go into the comments and let us know what your pick is for well today's topic is the greatest cereal prizes now uh, i don't buy a whole lot of cereal and when i do i get it from costco in bulk it rarely ever includes a you know a, a prize or a toy and it's usually more of the adult type cereals uh honey nut cheerios frosted mini wheats not the sugary stuff that we used to get as kids but when we were kids there were so many great prizes that came in boxes of cereal that uh really was the reason that uh, from week to week we would buy one cereal brand over another wasn't because we wanted the taste of the cereal we wanted the prize now tony i know uh you know obviously growing up around the same era you probably did the same thing what comes to mind as your favorite cereal prize that you ever got? Believe it or not, um, <clears throat> I can't remember a lot of the cool little toys because there was always something like, I don't remember which brand had a Hot Wheel. Sometimes there was like a Hot Wheel or a knockoff of Hot Wheel. Um, the most memorable one I can remember was Captain Crunch. You get baseball cards. That's so you right. get a lot of like the big name stars. The only caveat was they didn't have their baseball logos on there. So, like, I had a Ken Griffey Jr., but he didn't have the Mariners on there. It was just a blank thing. And I had a Jose Canseco, didn't have the Oakland A's. It was just, like, a generic uniform he was in. But but it was still really cool. I mean, they were cool to get, like, baseball cards because I was really into them at the time. So I wonder if those are worth anything today. Have you ever tried looking them up? No. I guess I could look it up right now. Let's just hypothetically. <laughs> while, you're, while you're telling me yours, I will chime in and tell you. Okay. Yeah, when I was putting this topic together, the one that kept popping up in my mind were the glow-in-the-dark wacky wall crawlers you would get from Fruit Loops, probably about the mid-80s. And they looked like a, an octopus. And, of course, you know they were in a bag, and they were like super sticky, and you'd chuck them at the wall. Oh, I remember those. Yeah, they'd stick for a second, and then they would start, like, crawling down the wall, you know, with the different limbs hanging on. And, uh, of course, they glue in the, glue in the dark? Glowed in the dark. <laughs> glue in the dark. Uh, you would hold them up to a light source, get them really bright, then turn out the light, throw them at the wall, and watch them go down. I think they came in green, blue, red, and uh, orange. 
and were a lot of fun. You know, it was uh, one of those fond memories as a kid that uh, that's one of those that just really sticks with me. Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's crazy. Isn't it weird how it's just like certain ones stick with you? I'm looking right now. If you go to eBay, <clears throat> they're on average going anywhere from like the whole sets. They're going from 13 bucks to 25 bucks. Okay, so not nothing to write home about but uh no and i'm flipping through and and you actually only got a couple of cards per box and um and there was definitely i had almost all of them there's i'm looking at this i didn't have george brett or alan trammell um, (laughs) or jack clark but i had everybody else okay yeah we're talking like will clark was in there from the giants kirby puckett mark mcguire um, and they were actually co-branded by Tops, so they weren't just like just generic um, Captain Crunch baseball cards. They were uh, they were Tops. So yeah, Tops probably not the most money, but uh, definitely memorable for sure. Yeah, Tops probably one of the biggest names in trading cards uh, next to Fleer and Upper Deck. Um, boy, those bring back memories. But uh, I'm curious if there are people out there that collect classic serial prizes you know there's people that do that for like uh mcdonald's happy meal toys uh which yeah that's a whole nother topic we could talk about another day but uh you know seeing how the these things hold stuff, up uh, i typed that in vintage kellogg cereal toy sticky fingers a lot of four of them goes for 20 bucks the the octopus one goes for ten dollars interesting all right yeah, so so there is some of it out there yeah not bad for a three dollar box of uh Cereal? Yeah, it goes for some money on there. (laughs) Well, folks, we are talking about the greatest cereal prizes ever. Uh, We do want you to chime in on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Just go into the live video there, comment there with your pick for the best cereal prize ever. And when we come back, it is all about you guys. So go ahead and chime in now and let us know. And we'll run down some of our favorite ones throughout the years. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Monday, February 1st. Now we are smack dab in the middle of our interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the viewers and listeners. Go ahead and chime in on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. All you got to do is click in the live video comment there. Our topic of the day is the best cereal prizes ever. Now, uh, we gave ours before the break. Tony was talking baseball cards and Captain Crunch. Mine were the uh, wacky, wacky, wobbly, what are they called? Uh, I got it here. Uh, Glow-in-the-dark wacky wall walkers, uh, which was like an octopus uh, sticky thing you threw against the wall, and it trickled on down. Um, Tony, anybody chime in on your end as far as their picks for uh, best cereal prizes ever? Yeah, I got one. uh, My friend Jamie, uh, she said that she remembers getting some kind of watch in a cereal box. It was hot pink. It was a big deal because there was three of us girls, so, you know, I actually got to have it. So 
It was, uh, I think that was Honeycomb that had those watches. It was, and I've got a full list here. Where is it? Because I just passed it the other couple minutes ago. Here we go. Yeah, Honeycomb Digital Watches. Um, Doesn't say what year it came out, but uh, had eight different styles uh, that you could get, which is a crazy thing to think a digital watch came in a box of cereal. Right. So that's uh, so that's a good thing, but that's all I got. That was the uh, only uh, interactive portion I got so far. Um, <clears throat> Mike keeps thinking that all he remembers is Happy Meal toys he got, okay. but he doesn't remember that. That might have to be a topic for another time too. Oh, those Happy Meal toys. I've got some fond memories of Happy Meal toys, so Me I, I would love too. to do there that. There was a lot of those, but um, but that's all he could think of. And same with Lacey. She's like, sorry, I don't. I don't have any for that one, so that's okay. Uh, it's a good thing because I know that you probably have a trusty list, and we can kind of vamp and uh, I do see if it's something we remember or we have no idea that existed. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to run down the list and uh, really bring up the ones that I kind of remember from our childhood. Some of these predate us in, to the 1970s, but there are definitely ones that I remember. Hopefully, you remember as well. So let's go ahead and start off with uh, Captain Crunch Surfers. Oh, yeah. These, were they the Soggies? They weren't the Soggies, but they were surfers. So around 1983, Crunch Berries and other varieties of Captain Crunch offered snap-together Captain Crunch servers. There were three possible servers in, uh, surfers in the shape of Captain Crunch, his pirate foe Jean Lefoot, or his friend Smedley the Elephant. Directions, gently hold toy underwater to fill, hold on top of the water, balance your surfer, then let them go. Um, I vaguely remember this one. What I remember more so were uh, little squirt gun characters. They weren't guns, but like you would fill them up with water and they would squirt, and they had a Soggy's version of that one. Hmm. Do you recall that one at all? I don't remember those. No. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, how about the Fruity Pebbles color-changing dinosaurs. A couple times in the 90s, both Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles offered color-changing dinosaurs. The small plastic figures had to be dipped into ice water to change color. Room temperature water would not work. In 1995, the dinosaurs available were a Brachiosaurus, a Stegosaurus, a Parasophilophus, okay, and a Dimetridon. Dimetridon, okay. Words are hard today. <laughs> Dimitridon. <laughs> but do you remember those color-changing dinosaurs, Tone? I do, yes. And it actually triggered it. reminds me, I don't know if it was Frosted Flakes, but do you remember the color-changing spoons? And that could have also yes. been Rice Krispies. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe it was a mixture of maybe it did have Snap, Crackle, Pop, and Tony the Tiger. And it was just a plastic spoon, but it did the same thing. It would turn. I remember I had a blue one that would turn purple when you put it in the milk. That's right. And uh, I think it was across all the Kellogg's brands. So you would okay. get different collectible ones for the different Kellogg's properties. Which yeah, because uh, I I do recall having a Tony the Tiger one, and I could have sworn my I, that my sister had one that had Snap Crackle or Pop. I don't remember which one. Yeah, I forgot about those. I'm glad you brought them up. That was fun. All right, let's move on. Oh, yeah. This one I don't remember, but I also never bought the cereal. Urkel for President campaign buttons. If you were a kid in the 90s, you probably loved (laughs) or at least tolerated a character named Steve Urkel from the ABC TV sitcom Family Matters. 
The lovable nerd was so popular that Ralston gave him his own cereal called Urkelos in 1991. Oh, I remember Urkelos. I never had them, never tried them. <laughs> I never had them either. The co- oh, Urkel. The- it actually made me think of uh, the show New Girl. <laughs> Just as an impersonation. She says, I do the Urkel. Then I ain't even that. <laughs> And, Does and he's, he's just looking at her. He goes, I, I don't know what you're doing. And she's like, you know, Steve Urkel. Can I do that? Goes, I don't I don't know who that is. It was it was a pretty funny episode because it was a pretty piss poor impersonation. Gotcha. But, but yeah, that was uh, I I forget about Urkelos. I do remember that being a cereal. I yeah. never had it, but I do remember seeing it. Yeah, there were a lot of uh, branded cereals that uh, lasted a, a very short period of time. Which uh... gotta say, I know it wasn't a toy, but the Nintendo cereal. Obviously, we talk theme songs and stuff. I do remember that cereal, and I remember it not being very good. But it was very like a cool box. Mm-hmm. But. But never came with any prizes, though. It just came with little tips on how to beat, like, uh, the Nintendo games. It was, like, little tips and tricks for Zelda and Mario and uh, whatever games were out at the time. Excite Bike, Punch-Out. Awesome. Yeah, they were so much fun. And, you know, talk about a nostalgic cereal, especially for us. But uh, let's move on with uh, the greatest cereal prizes. Oh, Yeah! Don't know if you remember these, the Sugar Super Sugar Crisp Action Pinball. Uh, Super Sugar Crisp offered action pinball games. There were six to collect, including an Animal Fun game, a Shooting Stars game, and a Sugar Bear game. Sturdy action pinball games came complete with action trigger arm and three to five pinballs for long-lasting fun. Trade with your friends. And those were the little baseball card-sized, uh, you know, they had a, a plastic see-through part, cardboard back, and then the little oh, thing that yeah, you would those flick. those were chintzy. Yeah. <laughs> they were really chintzy. <laughs> now, as I'm going through here, I'm not seeing any of the ones. You remember you had to cut out the proof of purchases and send like three or four stuff yeah yeah because there were certain things you could collect that were much better but you had to get your parents permission and you had to mail in like the barcode and all that yeah but i don't remember offhand any particular ones but those prizes were always a little bit better than what actually came in the cereal yeah i I don't have. I wish there was a standout, like memorable one, you know. Mm-hmm. Because like Cookie Crisp never came with anything. I just remember we loved Cookie Crisp. Right, because it was cookies as a cereal. Yeah, it was. What more could yeah, you it was ask delicious. For? Yeah. Why would you not like it? <laughs> well, let's move on with some more uh, cereal prizes. Oh yeah. This one was a little after our time, but something I definitely would have gotten as a kid. In celebration of the film Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, several brands of Kellogg's cereal, including Frosted Flakes, Fruit Loops, and Apple Jacks, offered light-up saber spoons. Start your day with real Jedi action. Watch spoon light up when you press the button to activate the force within. Master your moves and let the battle begin. Blast your way through breakfast. Harder to find are similar Indiana Jones light-up adventure spoons released for the Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull by Kellogg's a couple years later in 2008. I don't remember those ones, but I do remember seeing the light-up lightsaber spoons. I do remember seeing those as well. 
Yeah, those were always fun. Um, here's one I don't remember particularly well, but definitely would have collected as a kid. Oh, yeah! Starbots were Kellogg's answer to the popularity of the Transformers in and around 1984. Unlike Transformers, which were usually cars and trucks that transformed into robots, Starbots were airplanes, rockets, and spaceships. They were available in Honey Smacks, Fruit Loops, OJs, Apple Jacks, and other Kellogg's cereals. Have plenty of fun on land and in the air as you change each Starbot from a sleek flying aircraft to a land-roving land robot. Decorate them with decals inside and build a complete fleet. There is one converting robot-type toy in each specially made, especially uh, marked Kellogg's cereal package. Again, don't remember that one well, but definitely one I'd collect uh, if they were around, at least at the time. Oh, I don't, I don't really remember those ones. I don't either. Uh, we talked about the Honeycomb digital watches, which were chintzy and cool, sort of a novelty thing. I want to say late 80s, early 90s, uh, that, uh, you know, it's strange that something digital would come in a cereal box. Always a lot of fun. And then finally, with our rundown of uh, cereal prizes, the best cereal prizes. Oh, yeah. Here's oh, one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just before our time tone, but would have been kind of cool to get. In 1980, post-alphabet cereal enticed kids to start growing your own garden with one of three different terrariums inside. The terrariums looked cool and they actually worked. Depending on the terrarium you got, you would grow either sweet basil, fine-curled cress, or violet queen elysium. So now if you ever asked if a cereal ever contained basil, you can give a real good wise guy reply. This premium was also available available in post-sugar crisp cereal. Um, again, very strange that a terrarium would come in a cereal box. Right. I, I... Very strange, man. Very strange. <laughs> but folks, that does it for our interact portion of the show. Uh, talking best cereal uh, prizes ever. Now, tomorrow, we're talking on the cheap. What products should you never, ever, ever buy from the dollar store on the cheap? Uh, you know, you want to pay a little extra maybe for the name brand that's what we're talking about tomorrow tony before we go to the break was there one last thing you wanted to chime in on uh no oh okay there's uh no i was just uh kind of just doing that i don't know taking it in all right fair enough yep no uh no other uh messages from anybody so i think we're good right on well folks that does it for the interactive portion when we come back it's another edition of phoenix tank kickstarter gadgets you won't want to miss it don't go anywhere Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Monday, February 1st. Now we talk about it a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix line. It is our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. It's also how we do a lot of our interactive portion of the show, including the topic for tomorrow, which is on the cheap. What do you never buy on the cheap? What should you always spring for the name brand for? We've got our choices. 
Make sure you chime in with yours at the Phoenix line on 855 Phoenix Radio. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, in this segment, we're going to revisit a topic we do every once in a while. It is the Phoenix Tank. We're going to run down the Kickstarter gadgets with Tony to find out if he'd invest. So without further ado, let's get into the Phoenix Tank. First item on the Phoenix tank, and Tony, I'm going to put this up on your screen so you can see it as well as the viewers. We are talking about the Vision Check IQ test, smartphone vision test. They are looking for a total of $30,000, but they've already raised $128,939. So they're well on their way. But the question is, is it something that Tony would invest in? Here's the description. The uh, Welcome to the future of vision testing. No appointments, no waiting rooms. The IQ Vision Check 2 is the most convenient way to check your vision anytime, anywhere with real-time results. Use the personalized results to order new glasses online and track vision changes over time. This powerful smartphone attachment uses MIT patented technology to measure your refractive error and provide eyeglass numbers. The lens power needed to correct nearsightedness, farsightedness, and astigmatism. The Vision Check 2 comes with the PD Check Pupillary Distance Measurement Tool so you can quickly and accurately capture your PD and order glasses with ease. And looking through, uh, looks like one of these kits, at least in the early bird stages, uh, will cost you about 68 bucks, so not cheap by any measure. But, uh, you know, if you're worried about your vision, it might be something to look into. But, Tony, I bring it back to you. Is it the IQ Vision Check 2 something that you would invest in, something that you'd spend a little money on? How do you see it? Well, uh, me personally, I wouldn't... Uh... I wouldn't get it only because I don't see me needing a use for it. However, it being um, a cool techno a cool technical technology. Wow, that made no sense. <laughs> it's uh, you know convenience for those that don't have like uh, they can afford to go see the eye doctor. Or they don't want to wait. They just want to take it, and just they're busy. They want to order. I think that's a good thing. Um, I'd still rather just go get my eyes checked by a professional, have them diagnose it so I can get the right things versus trying to do it myself. But, you know, I do like where it's going, so I'll give that a the Taco Bell bong. So there you go. I'd say yay. I think it'd be a good device. I just personally wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it, anytime you can sort of take going out off the table, especially with what we're dealing right with right now that's one thing my question is how accurate is it you know are people ordering glasses based on false numbers and doing more damage who knows but uh in any case it's not up to me to decide it's up to tony our phoenix tank phoenix to uh, decide if he's investing in that case he would phoenix tank phoenix then you're bleep out of luck (laughs) all right let's move on to our next one Huh. Psycho 8 Rolling up the phone line 
Yep, you see it. It is the Psycho Ape Collectible Trading Card Set. They are seeking a total of $333 and have raised a total of $3,495. Here is the description. Here it is, the Retro Trading Card Series based on the greatest movie ever made by Addison Binnick during a worldwide pandemic on a budget of almost nothing. Psycho Ape the movie, it's a love story about the love between a weird teenage girl and a rampaging psychotic ape featuring the worst ape costume ever put on the screen. It's a detective story about a dedicated and driven sadistic detective, Dr. Zoomis, tracking down the psychotic ape over decades. It's a road trip story about Nancy Banana and Psycho Ape being chased through forests, escaping from prison and up to the top of the Empire State Building. It's a special effects extravaganza, galaxy-spanning space opera with huge movie stars and, okay, it's not that, but it's all the other stuff from the publisher of such, such trading card classics as The Chronicles of the Three Stooges, Mystery Science Theater 3000, Zorro, and Manos, The Hands of Fate, comes R.R. Park's card's greatest achievement yet, this month anyway, the Psycho Ape Trading Card Series. Now looking at through, it looks like uh, for $2, you can get a promo card. You can get four promo cards for $5, or you can get the base set for $24. Tony, I, I know you're a fan of this movie. Uh, it actually sounds like something straight out of Big Bang Theory, um, if you recall uh, <laughs> the movies yeah. that Penny was in. But uh, yeah, is the Psycho Ape Trading Card Set something you would invest in? Oh, man. <laughs> nope. And it just, it's just not for me. It sounds stupid. And it's, it's just, like, I would love to just come up with a jingle for it, you know, just. <laughs> gotta get them all, Psycho Ape. Yes, I stole that from Pokemon. <laughs> it, it when re- you're running with Anna Banana, Psycho Ape, you're gonna trade your cards, Psycho Ape. And a banana, banana, psycho ape. <laughs> Reminds me, like, when we were kids, there were trading cards for everything that really didn't yeah. need trading cards, including movies. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember having Batman 1989 movie trading cards, uh, the 1990 uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. That's right. Even the cartoon, The Turtles. I have trading cards from Tops from them, too. <laughs> I'll trade you a Donatello. For a Michelangelo eating a piece of pizza. <laughs> so needless to say, this isn't something Tony would invest in. But, uh, you know, there's enough people that are at least making that thing. I feel like go. this would be a good uh, a good uh, a trading card uh, topic to talk about on Pop Culture Kaboom with Jimmy. There you go. I like Usually it. covers weirdo stuff like that. So, <laughs> All yeah, right. that one's definitely a... Uh, <laughs> All right, Tony. Well, maybe that one's not for you, but this next one is. Let's move on to our final product on the Phoenix Tank. Yes, look closely so you can figure it out. It's what I thought it was, huh? It is exactly what you think it is. It's called the Sipsack breastfeeding made for all and if you uh, ever saw meet the fockers with uh you know it was the sequel to meet the parents this is almost totally just ripped off from exactly that now they're seeking seventy thousand dollars they've only raised 183 so far 
But uh, it is exactly what it looks like. It is a fake breast and nipple designed to help feed babies. Um, the Sipsack is the first and only feeding apparatus of its kind. We're introducing the next two breast thing on the market. See what they did there? The pun. Yeah, the I like si- the tongue in cheek there. Punny. <laughs> Very punny. The Sipsack looks, feels, and functions like the breast simulate the breastfeeding process. The Sipsack was designed to mimic a nursing mother's breast and its natural functions. This makes it easier for parents to share the load of feeding time. For those who are not able to nurse naturally, the Sipsack gives your baby the most lifelike feeding experience and gives the comfort of breastfeeding as well. Looking through, it looks like the uh, starter one. Sipsack with two milk bags will run you about $119. Not cheap, but at the same time, for people who are struggling to breastfeed, this might be worth it. Of course, they've only raised 183 of their $70,000 goals. So, Tony, I have to ask you, is this something you would invest in? Oh, man. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they only raised $183 or 183000 Only $183 so far. And... Oh, yeah, they're definitely. The dream is... No, it's done. It's just done. It doesn't say when it was launched, so it may be just a brand new launch and it hasn't gained traction yet. I mean, uh, the thing is, is, I don't know. I'm not a parent, so I don't know. But wouldn't it just be easier? Like, it shows a dad holding the baby in the picture, right? Yeah, and that's just... wouldn't Wouldn't it, like, be easier to just hold your baby like so in the bottle? Maybe it's just, like, one less... Little thing, it's just sitting there, and you're like, (laughs) Well, and really the reason I picked this one is because it is straight out of Meet the Fockers. I mean, it's... Yeah, it is. I mean, maybe it's convenient. I don't know. It would be a little weird. You got your buddies over, you're watching the big game, and (laughs) you're like, what are you doing? They're like, they're just looking at you, and they're like, and you're like, what's going on? And you're like, feed my baby. And they're like, Hey, it's, it's just weird to me. As long as you don't mix up the milk and the uh, the beer, you should be okay. But, uh, yeah. you know, it is one of those things. Go Buccaneers, man! Shh, the baby's sleeping. <laughs> Attached to my tit. It's good. And, folks, I am going to be posting this on our Facebook page, so you can <laughs> check them all out and invest if you want to. But, uh, regardless, that does it for another edition of The Phoenix Tank featuring Kickstarter gadgets. When we come back, we are headed into the final segment of the show. Yes, it is time for This Day in History. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Monday, February 1st. Now we've reached the final segment of the show for today. I almost said the first hour, but... Boy, both hours went by so, so fast. Now, if you uh, missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it is easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? Yes! 
<laughs> Saved yes, us all, I whatever know. that one was. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was some I was playing with on the uh, break, and some were funny, and then there was one I found it was good, but then it drops a random F-bomb, and I was like, yep, let's play that one. Not so much. Well, folks, while you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends, because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. And as we like to do at the end of each show is drop a little knowledge on you, hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for this day in history. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's this day in history with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. All right, this day in 1587, Queen Elizabeth I of England signs a death warrant for her cousin Mary, Queen of Scots. Great Scott! I wonder what the feud was there that uh, you can just sign a death warrant for your cousin. I'm just done with her. Off with her head. Marry you, Queen of Scots. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1862, Ralph Walder. Let's back that up real quick. Cause, uh, all day. All right. This day in 1862, Ralph Waldo Emerson and Charles Sumner meet with President Abraham Lincoln at the White House in Washington. Ralph Waldo Emerson is a poet and a lecturer. Uh, doesn't say what they met about, but, uh, you know, meeting of great minds nonetheless. My breath, my cat's breath smells like cat food. That's what I think when I hear Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Different Ralph. <I'm> a meme. <laughs> Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ralph Wiggum Emerson. (laughs) Let's move on this day in 1893. Thomas Edison completes the world's first movie studio at West Orange, New Jersey. Of course, it wasn't Hollywood, and it was 1893, so before the big budget pictures. But, uh, you know, again, that leads to everything that we're doing these days, even if he may or may not have stolen a few ideas. I was going to say, did he steal this one, too? Probably. (laughs) Edison's medicine. (laughs) Uh, moving on this day in 1898 this goes to show that for whatever there is out there people will figure out insurance to put on it this day uh, is the first auto insurance policy in the u.s issued by travelers insurance company before automobiles were even really a thing at that point wow i didn't know they were the first i actually have them for my renter's insurance do you really Huh. Yeah, I partner like I have everything through Geico, um, but uh, when it comes to the to the renters insurance for your home, um, that's who they sub sub put me in. So, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Kind of weird, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they've been around so long, and of course, it's not car insurance, but close enough. No, yeah, no, using them from home, so that's good. <laughs> All right, moving on, getting through World War II because just so many depressing things. It's just things. depressing and sad. Yeah, yeah. Don't like any of it. Don't like any of it. So, oh, here's a good one. Nope, don't this, like it. This day in 1950, Green Bay Packers founder, player, and coach Curly Lambeau resigns after 31 seasons and six NFL titles to his credit. Hence, uh, Lambeau Field and, uh, I mean, every all the greatness to come out of Green Bay uh, was really on the back of Curly Lambeau. I'm going to name my kid Curly, by the way. Curly. You're going to have, you and Jesse going to have another kid name it Curly? Yep, just for that reason. <laughs> I like it. That's crazy, though, that he was the founder and then he he's like, you know what? I'm going to create the Green Bay Packers. They're just, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to play for them. I'm going to coach them. And then uh, I'm going to win six NFL titles. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's amazing. Now, um, I can't remember his name, but I had the honor of meeting one of the very first uh, Green Bay Packer uh, Super Bowl I champions and uh, when I was working in the car business. And uh, it was really interesting just to uh, meet somebody who was so a part of history. He showed me his ring, which obviously isn't as gaudy or as big or as bejeweled as they are now. Gucci is uh, the modern day ones. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. That's awesome, though. This day in 1953, You Are There with Walter Cronkite premieres on CBS television. I don't recall the show, but of course, everybody knows Walter Cronkite as a huge name in journalism. Um, Back when facts were facts and they were just reporting the news and it was a little less uh, editorial than it is now. Yeah. (laughs) And You Are There with Walter Cronkite. <laughs> Catch us now on CBS All Access, soon to be Paramount TV. Right. This day in 1964, the Beatles' first number one hit, I Want to Hold Your Hand, Top the Hot 100, stays number one for seven weeks before being replaced by She Loves You, also by the Beatles. Yeah, oh, they... I thought it was replaced by Weird Al's I Want a Health Care Plan. <laughs> uh, no, that would be much later down the road. Okay. <laughs> this day in 1965, Martin Luther King Jr. and 700 demonstrators are arrested in Selma, Alabama. Um, obviously, the subject of the movie Selma, which was a fantastic movie. I uh, saw it on a plane once and a uh, fairly recent uh, release. Um, obviously talking about Martin Luther King and everything that happened in that incident. Yeah, legendary and just fantastic civil rights activist. Um, He's done a lot for us. So, Yep. Also, same day, 1965, we were talking news anchors just a minute ago. Peter Jennings, 26, becomes anchor of ABC's Nightly News. I didn't realize he he was 26 when that happened. Holy cow. Yeah, me either. He was definitely the voice of my uh, evening news. I always knew it was dinner time when you heard Peter Jennings. Oh, totally. Dee, 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 dee. (laughs) And he would would come on. It was always uh, right after the local K-O-L-O. What? It's just Colo. That's what they call it, right? Yeah. Colo. But I always thought it was K-O-L-O. NBC's uh, Nightly News. So after Tad Dunbar would come off the screen, then you'd have <laughs> Peter Jennings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he was the the go-to anchor of the yeah, late 80s, was. early 90s. You knew it was time, man. It was almost dinner time. Dad was coming home when Peter Jennings came on TV. Yeah. Well, let's move on this day in 1968. We were just talking Green Bay Packers. Vince Lombardi steps down as the Green Bay Packers head coach in favor of longtime assistant Phil Bengston, stays on as Packers general manager for 1968. Um, Again, another Green Bay Packers great. Yep, and that's what everyone competes for every year, the Lombardi Trophy. Exactly. Uh, Also in sporting history, this day in 1969, nice. In his first start with Ford, legendary driver Richard Petty wins the Motor Trend 500 at Riverside, California. Previous 92 NASCAR victories were all in Plymouths. So uh, made the switch to Ford, and who would have thunk he actually goes on to win it? Yep, Petty always rocked a Badass cowboy hat and a mustache. Oh, always. You could always count on that. Richard Petty. And I always remember the the, the powder blue car. Was he number 43? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Drawing a blank at the moment. But uh, let's move on this day in 1978. Also talking about uh, great uh, uh, 
honors in history. Harriet Tubman is the first African-American woman to be honored on a U.S. postage stamp. Uh, boy, a lot of stamp talk here recently, but uh, yeah, it is. she yes. definitely deserved well, thanks it. To, thanks to this show and you, I now know you have to have been passed away to be on there. Exactly. This day in 1978, director Roman Polanski skips bail and fled to France after pleading guilty to charges of engaging in sex with a 13-year-old girl. Ugh, despicable. Disgusting. And, uh, and he's still on the lam, right? Like, he's still, like, if he steps foot in the U.S., yep. he'll get popped for that. So he's never come back to the United States. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he deserves to be arrested and extradited for that. That's yeah, he, he's a piece uncalled of crap. for. Yep. This day in 1982, Late Night with David Letterman debuts on NBC TV. His first guest, Mr. Bill Murray. Oh, I love it. I definitely, Bill was not that old and when he was on there. He was definitely a young Saturday Night Liver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was uh, right before uh, Ghostbusters came out. Yeah. All right. This day in 1991, American writer John Grisham publishes, publishes his second novel, The Firm, and it was the best-selling novel of the year. And, of course, a uh, Tom Cruise movie that came out uh, a couple of years later. Yeah, John Grisham, man, he went on to do a lot of big novels, too. A lot of, uh, of lawyer-type movies. Right. Books. And he still does, I mean, to this day. All right, and then finally, this day in history, this day in 2013, House of Cards starring Kevin Spacey as Frank Underwood and Robin Wright as his wife is released on Netflix. Of course, he has been uh, blackballed from Hollywood at this point, but yeah. it was still a great show. You didn't mention it was the Birthday Boys famous uh, music uh, wardrobe malfunction from the Super Bowl. Oh, it didn't that pop up on today. My... Yeah, That's funny. On mine, it, it just showed Janet Jackson said, on this day, the wardrobe malfunctions. So this is the, the infamous Diddy Day of that. <laughs> well, folks, let's run some day, uh, down some of today's holidays before we leave. Diddy Day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did say that. All right, uh, folks. Just I thought to... you were going to say that. <laughs> it is Car Insurance Day. It is Change Your Password Day. Decorating with Candy Day. G.I. Joe Day. National Dark Chocolate Day. National Baked Alaska Day. Hula in the Kula Day. National Get Up Day. Hula in the Kula. Spunky Old Broads Day. And National Serpent Day. Ooh, I want to a... celebrate Spunky Old Broad Day. There you go. Folks, that does it for Monday. We'll be back tomorrow on a Tuesday with Animal Tales. Enjoy your day. Peace! Thank you.